want to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm sitting backstage in the Fox Theater of Vancouver with a band called Downtown Boys. So I'm going to go around in a circle and get each of you guys to introduce yourselves, your name, and what you do in the band. Hi, my name is Mary, and I play bass in Downtown Boys. My name's Joe, and I play saxophone and synthesizer. My name is Joey, and I play drums. Awesome. Now we're missing some of the members of your band. Would you like to introduce them in absentia? Sure. Um, we're missing Joey, who plays guitar, and Victoria, who's the lead singer. I will start off with a weird question. What question do you not like being asked a lot? I hate being asked to describe the sound or what kind of music I play. Um, there was a, I read the, before I joined the band, there was one question that, that bothered me. I'd seen someone ask, they, they asked like, so what are everyone's races in the band? Which was really, ooh, that's horrible. Oh, wow. That's, that's a really inappropriate one. That, that was, I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't name who it was. I don't, I don't know exactly who. Well, hello, latecomers to the interview. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hi. <coughs> hello. Well, to latecomers, I'd love you guys to introduce yourselves. Oh, someone's got a meal to eat, too. I am Victoria. And what are you going to eat? I have pierogies and a salad. Mmm. <laughs> this is Joey DeFrancesco. And what do you do in the band? I play the guitar. And why do you have no dinner? I ate a bagel maybe 40 minutes ago, so maybe that'll carry me through the show. We'll see. I hope it does. <laughs> so I just finished asking the rest of your bandmates what question they hate being asked, so here's your chance to weigh in. What question they hate being asked? Jeez. Um, you got one? That's a hard one. Do you think that music is... Do you think that music can be used for activism? Yeah, I find an annoying one to be this, the kind of like future prediction questions that people will be like, well, you know, is there going to be change in the world? It's like, I don't know. That's like such a massive question. It's like, and we decide that, you know? So, yeah, that's an annoying one. <laughs> Good answer. Thanks, guys. I'm going to do my best not to ask you any of those questions. So how about we play a song? I'm going to play your current single. It's in Spanish, and I'm really bad at Spanish, so I'd love it if somebody could say the name of that song for me. Somos chulas, no somos pendejas. So what does that mean to somebody who doesn't speak Spanish? They're pointing at each other, and I'm just gonna pick one of you to answer. It means like we are sweet and elegant and smart, and we're not um, idiotic.
back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track. Somos chules, no somos pendejas. Off the record, cost of living by the band called Downtown Boys. I have all, I have most of the members of the band here. I don't know. I, I do? Yes. So I have all the members of the band here with me. All right, Victoria, I'd love it if you could tell me a little bit more about this track. Um, this track is really important, I think, to us in the band and to a lot of people who kind of know what it's like to kind of have to hold multiple um, like histories and futures and identities um, in one body and, and one like lifetime and feelings of like never being enough or being too much or kind of being the like silent but simultaneously um, invisible and simultaneously like giant elephant in the middle of the room um, and never quite knowing if you're doing it right but eventually coming to the point that that's not the trying to just keep answering that question isn't actually going to get us anywhere so it's about kind of like letting go of the haterade letting go of the toxic masculinity and the racism that um, you know is playing our experiences and being kind of these like like leaders of crystallizing dissent and having like no cares left to give. I would love it if I could get someone else in the band to talk about the song, maybe not necessarily lyrics, but writing it. Um, <laughs> kind of putting together this this song, um, I think came up with the, the verses first, which are a very like straight ahead kind of hardcore riff. Um, but then on the chorus, I think it does become much more interesting and has an interesting harmony and dissonance between the, the bass melody that takes over and then the chords that come in on the synthesizer. And that was kind of a new move for us to use that system to even like have a bass melody and to use synthesizer on a track. So I think especially the chorus on this song musically was a was a big point of development for, for the band. All right, so this band started when one of the Joeys and Victoria met while working in a hotel. The workers in the hotel were trying to unionize. So I'd love you to tell me what that was like. So who would like to answer that question? Yeah, so we met at the hotel. I'd been at the hotel in room service for maybe three years or so. Victoria worked at the, the front desk in like the call position for a year or so, right? And we were both working at the hotel, but also trying to work to improve the conditions because like most places in the service industry, hotels are uh, atrocious to workers. Like in room service, I was getting paid five fifty an hour and like that's supposed to be made up in tips, but our managers are stealing our tips. Like housekeepers are having to clean 16, 17, 18 rooms a day um, in like eight hours. There's an wild injury rate like hotel housekeepers are the highest injury rate of uh i think any service uh workers in the u.s so yeah unionizing is super important to kind of regulate some of those points of work both to get wages up but also to just you know say you know you can't be forced to clean with these chemicals you can't be forced to clean more than this kind of ho number of rooms in a day um so we are constantly like fighting with management fighting with the hotel owners so our meeting came out of that kind of fight and then the bands um, and like our first batches of songs very much came out of that like workers rights struggle that was happening at that hotel. What was it like to try to organize a union in let's say around 2014? It's really hard and it still is really hard and it keeps they keep making it harder. Um, I can't speak to what it's like in Canada. I imagine it's the same. Um, but in the US, the just the laws are so stacked against workers that, you know, that was back in what, two thousand 
2012, I think 2011 when I left that job and we had been already organizing for years. Those workers of the hotel just won a union election last year. So these campaigns to like really get contracts at the hotel are going on for up, you know a decade in a lot of cases. So like the commitment of workers in these situations to winning these contracts is just enormous. Um, but you know, throughout there's like, you know, little you union stuff happening. It's like workers taking action collectively to, to kind of uh, win little victories, but it's definitely a very uh, uphill battle for for workers in the U.S. and around the world now because capital just has so much power. Absolutely, absolutely. Here in Canada, recently, our right-wing newspaper, The Newsroom, because they've been so tired of the slash-and-burn attitude of management towards the survival of the paper, have decided to unionize. So it's a little bit of a funny situation in that context. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Right-wing newspaper unionizing, you know, that's wild, hopefully, the... Staff will think about what they're writing about some more now that they understand <laughs> what it's like. Let's hope, let's hope. I think we need to hear another song by Downtown Boys. I'm going to play Al Wall. Who would like to talk about the song before we hear it? Anybody's in play. This, this is Joe. Um, but which Joe? This is Joe DeGeorge, saxophone Joe. Uh, the, yeah, the song is called A Wall, and it's, um, you know, people have been using it to talk about, like, the very, like, literal wall of, um, like, borders, like, specifically, like, the U.S.-Mexico border, but, like, this song is also, like, really um, touches on, like, just the idea of these these walls that get put up in um, our lives. There are so many barriers to access to information, access to resources, access to tools and resources is uh, uh, hard when there's walls.
Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Al Wall by a band called Downtown Boys off their latest record, Cost of Living. We heard a little bit about it from one of the Joeys. How would another one of the Joeys like to talk about it now? Sure. This is Joey DeFrancesco. Um, you just heard A Wall. This song is about, you know, can be used to talk about the literal border wall that Trump is trying to still build between the U.S. and Mexico, but it's also about all of the walls, political and personal, throughout our country and our personal lives and our minds. I like how you guys consistently make the point that all music is political, even if it's not making a direct statement. I'd love you guys to expand on that for me. Who'd like to talk about that? Um, well, do you want to start? You start. I'll start. You yeah. clean it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, all music is inherently political. Any action you make has political consequences. We're, we're a network of beings uh, interacting, and, you know, any, any action you make reverberates in this, this web we're in. So um, if you're not, if you don't think you're making a political statement, you're very likely just supporting the status quo which is a political position uh, whether you uh, have the conscience to recognize that or not mm-hmm. yeah and I think like building off that it's just like it's. I read in a book the other day that um, it's possible to not be neutral like in situations of oppression or injustice um but so long as we're part of a bigger context and like a bigger society, you'll always be some type of accomplice in, in whatever you're going through. And that doesn't mean that people should wear themselves, you know, broken, uh, always making sure they're letting known how they're not neutral. It's just this idea that like no one is perfect. No one is like no one is the most noble, no one is the most righteous, so we shouldn't use that as what we're all working towards. Rather, like, we should really work towards, like, real accountability and real justice. And when it comes to whether something's political or not, that really plays a role in trying to move away from recognizing that we all are part of a power dynamic and a power structure and it's very active and it's very alive, like trying to move away from that via nihilism, via using some sort of falsehood like apoliticism uh, is adding to where you're able to be um, in that power dynamic because those with the most resources and the most entitlement and that pose the less threat to the status quo that Joe and George were talking about have more of an ability to basically like fake neutral. So I think that that's why that that's always like a tough one for us is it's because just like, you know, we're being asked questions that like bands who make a lot more money than we do, who like have a way bigger platform than we do, and who talk about similar things like aren't going to be asked because of the color of their skin, because of their economic privilege, because of the fact that they don't actually, they're not actually direct like we are. I think it's time we listen to another track. I'm going to play Lips That Bite off the record Cost of Living. Who would like to talk about this before we hear it? Oh, you got nominated. Hey, this is Mary, and you're about to listen to Lips That Bite. This song is about... Um, taking back your agency and fighting back against oppressive systems. So when you're out there running out there, who wins? I 
to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Lips That Bite off the record Cost of Living by a band called Downtown Boys. Who would like to talk about this track now? How about one of the Joeys who don't talk a lot? Again, three weeks ago. I, I don't think I have much agency to talk about the song, um, but I do. <laughs> I do play it every night. I, uh, I, I love it. I think it's a very powerful song. And um, So for you, why is it a powerful song? Well, because it is in, in, in it's a, to, to sort of echo what Mary said, it is a song about about having agency of yourself and to be able to fight fight back on sy- of systems of oppression and um, and I think that that's just like a very powerful astute message. It's very important. All right. So the new record is called Cost of Living. You guys worked with a producer. Oh no, guys. All right. My arch enemy is background noise. So I would love it if one or all of you would like to come outside with me. That's a big ask. So. Why don't you guys have the discussion on tape on who's going to come outside with me? Oh, we're going to go outside with you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I vote no. No one should go outside. No, I'm just joking. We can go. Let's go. Well, I'll go. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So we are heading outside right now to do the interview because one of the bands is sound checking, and it's going to be a little bit too loud for us. I'm walking down the stairs as I talk. And hopefully the band is following me outside into the alleyway. Mary has put the wedge in the door to make sure that everyone can get back inside. It's really important to us. We are outside in the alleyway behind the Fox Theater. I have most of the band here gathering with me. Thanks, guys, for coming outside. I appreciate it. The new record, Cost of Limmy, you worked with a producer from Fugazi. I'm going to butcher the name if I say it, so I'm going to ask one of you guys to let me know how to pronounce that gentleman's name. Guy Picciotto. He doesn't say it like that. He says Guy Picciotto. (laughs) He was part of a legendary band called Fugazi. I would love it if one person could talk about what that band means to them. Um... You know, I I uh, love Fugazi. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I saw them uh, during on their last tour, and um, they've just been a band that's really uh, was able to kind of work um, in a a way where they were able to conduct their business kind of true to their their beliefs. You know, they toured very hard they worked very hard for maybe like 20 years or so and were able to exist kind of without participating in like the mainstream music business and kind of created their own in and existed within that that realm so so as a music fan what did that mean to you uh oh i found it very empowering and inspiring i looked to them as a model in other bands i've been in and definitely in this band as well so so you worked with him recording your third full-length record. Did you guys ever, while working together, sit, have a tea or a beer, and talk about his struggles and your struggles and compare and contrast stories? You must have a little bit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we got so, a lot of stories. So I would love it if you could tell me one. The kind of secrets. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it's between us and Guy. <laughs> um, All right. He told us a lot of just like the day-to-day struggles of being 
in a band on the road, which I think was like uh, important to hear because as a band doing this in 2017, like talking about the things we talk about and with the, the people we have in this band, it can just get extremely grueling and you kind of like look to the past with this like rosy nostalgia and think that must have been so awesome or something. But just hearing about, oh yeah, their like van broke down every tour and like you know, even like this sound on this record was the sound of, that they recorded of the van breaking down, um, or just them thinking they were gonna break up after every tour. Or even they recorded a record actually at the studio, we recorded at Electrical Audio, um, that they never used that version because they said they record it and then they got in their van on the way home and were listening to it back and said, this sounds like shit, we can't use this. So there's like a false version of that record that has never been released. The Electrical Audio guys actually put the like tapes of the record like, I think as a joke to Guy um, <laughs> next to the wall in our recording room um, so yeah I think just a lot of just like humanizing them because I think they're made out to be these kind of saints but and they're all you know great people and made amazing music but you know they're not the real people and Guy understood also like how the industry has changed now and how maybe in the 90s Fugazi could sell like hundred thousands of records. That's just impossible now for a punk band. It's even really hard for pop stars to sell that much. So um, yeah, I think it was important to hear both like their just day-to-day -day struggles and how they're similar to us, but also that he understands like, you know, why we might have to make different decisions than Fugazi did as a band, um, things like that. Oh, uh, I, I just want to say he taught us a great dice game that uh, he used to play with Fugazi um, called Kariki. And uh, you kind of, you know, you, it involves a lot of yelling and throwing dice around in a cup and doing flip tricks with the cup. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we love games, so we shared, you know, some games. Yeah. And I would like to say he's, like, not at all mansplaining or, like, he's, like, just a really good, like, he's good at being, like, a dude, like, working with us. Like, he never, like, talked down to us. Or like he never made it known that like you know he has way more like sway and power and experience than we do like he really helped kind of like guide us to make the record it wasn't about him like being like I know what's going on and I'm gonna teach you like youngins there was no like power over dynamic and I find that a lot of people who like Fugazi especially white men and white women have way more of a power over dynamic in the punk scene than my experience from like one of the kings of the punk scene. So I think it's time we play another track. I'm gonna play Tall Boys. So would you like to say a word about that before <laughs> I put it on? We have not played this song in like four years. It's kind of an irrelevant song because a bunch of tall white men decided that they weren't gonna use their brains or think about it as art and use it to mock and ridicule me. Nice. So should we maybe play a different song? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well then, I wanted to play a song that was sort of related to what you said, so that was a bad choice, I guess. No, My bad. You're a good person. It's not you. You're sweet to say that. Thank you. Why don't we pick then a track from the current record that you guys can talk about where you work with Guy and how he helped shape what you guys are doing? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, what was the choice? Uh, Clara Rencia. Uh, I mean, Guy, Guy was great. He had like a lot of analytical uh, guitar input, 
uh, working very closely with Joey on this song, and it's one of my favorite re- songs on the record. Oh, yeah, like we, I don't think we've ever played this song twice in the exact same way, like live, because <laughs> it require it's so dependent on like the energy of the room and like the quality of everything we're using. And he found a way to record it so that it can exist forever. And I think that's that can be really hard for the stuff that we make because it's so based on the live performance. to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track. Clara Rencia. Selected by one of the Joeys. How about I get one of the remaining members of the band to talk a little bit about it? I really like this song. It's one of my favorites on the album. Um, it is in, 
Spanish, kind of. It translates um, into clarancia is rancid clarity. So it deals with a lot of nuances that we experience as political beings and artists in this world today. I love how you're saying that while dancing. Warms me up. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's watching all you guys dancing is hilarious because I wanted to ask a question. What's been the most difficult decision that you guys have made regarding Downtown Boys this year? So asking this question while you're all dancing is a little bit comical. So maybe how about the easiest question? I'm not sure how to flip it. What do you want for your podcast? <laughs> I just want to have an engaging conversation with you guys. I feel like most of the decisions we've made in the span are really natural and a lot of our decision making is very collaborative and that is essential to downtown boys. So anytime there's a collaboration there has to be a little bit of give and take. Yeah, One of the big ones I think is figuring out how to be kind of a band that like we we still get asked to like open for a lot of like our heroes like bands that we like love or some of us love. And it's hard to figure out like how to be your own like autonomous band sometimes and be like, oh, like even though it'd be tight and that show will be sold out and we'll get to see a band that we love and we might even like make more money. It's like more important for us to like stick with the tour route and like play in a random city for like a third of the money <laughs> and a third of the people or, um, you know, or like heck, we got to see this band, like, even though we're playing that city, like, three times next month, let's add a fourth time, like, you know, so figuring out that is still, like, hard for me. How about we talk about navigating collaborations when writing music? I think that's probably a better way to tackle this. Yeah, I think me and Victoria at this point have been in the group since we first started, have been kind of collaboratively writing those songs, um, Largely, I would kind of put together some of the music, or Victoria would have some like lyrical ideas, and we'd kind of shoot back and forth emails about it. Like something would get created in the computer, there'd be some like emails with some lyric ideas, and kind of go back and forth with it um, until there's some kind of like skeleton of the song, which we then bring to the band um, and then gets like flushed out and added to and subtracted from and we do that throughout like even like right before the tour like after we've recorded music we're still like slicing things and like rearranging a little bit so it's kind of a constant process and we like to play our songs live before we record them just to like feel it and see how it feels with the audience um, and to, to shift it around a lot so I think it's a kind of constantly um, evolving process and then this record also Mary took the lead on writing music on one of the songs um, Tonta and she and Victoria worked through that one I remember going to like a separate practice location kind of like working out the the, the structure of that song as well um, so it's been a, a few different methods to get to get everything together over the years why don't we play an older track I'm gonna play one of the tracks that you guys have said that you written you wrote at the beginning of the band I'm gonna play the track I'm gonna pronounce it wrong so I'll let you pronounce it the song is called as algo thank you very much <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah
Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track. Haz algo. That's off the very first self-titled record by the Downtown Boys. So that's one of the first songs you've written. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about how things have changed? Well, it's okay, yeah. I mean, that song was originally written in English and it was called Pick a Side. And then I joined the band and we translated it into Spanish. And it became Haz algo, which is like, do something. Like, kind of like, like everyone knows that you know that we know. Like basically like decide how to proceed even if it's recognizing you are you have limits and there's maybe your hands are tied just like don't sweep it under the rug if you have the emotional bandwidth and like physical capacity um and i think that it was a very like political song like it was like really based on like the need to organize and mobilize around like so many of the systems of oppression that we know that we name that people write books about that we go to lectures about that people share Facebook posts about but it's all about knowing the information and then we somehow hit a wall um, to like actually collectively mobilize and I think that a lot of our first songs are kind of like big landscape like that and then I think like just from growing up or in the United States like a lot of people actually like collectively mobilizing more and more music talking about those big giant macro themes we are now able to get more nuanced like Mary was saying earlier about La Rancia so and you know that only happens it's not just us it's because like music is at a new point now too like you know modern more like contemporary DIY music I think is that has pushed itself as well you know and then there's like kind of the idea of like you've got to like let go of your own self-hatred before you can like be a part of fighting for all of our self-determinations and like we wanted to try and get more at that. So we're in a little bit of a troubling time where sometimes even if you want to find information to make good decisions it's hard to find that information so I was wondering if you guys could tell me about places that you go to to find stuff to help you make solid decisions. I still go to like personal conversations with people like just about the world or what's going on. I find like like my grandma doesn't read but I find that I have I have very relevant conversations with her. Then I have like other friends who are constantly on Twitter reading every like think piece and I can have also, you know, co- political relevant conversations. I'll go around in the circle. Um in terms of like outlets, um Democracy Now is great. We were like honored to be able to be on that show last year um, and get to perform um, but I think they're really important and clear and accessible news outlets for things happening both in the US and around the world so they're great. This is the other Joey that plays drums um, in kind of a different way uh, of looking at this question ways in which I like to be able to prepare for decisions I make in my life is is really just with exercise and alone time and to listen to music that I don't usually listen to um, listen to instrumental music really just try to clear my palate as much as possible I really uh, I'm someone who who thinks about stuff a lot so I, I let that process as much as possible before making making decisions and uh, yeah it helps yeah uh, the other day we were talking about um, the the Shostakovich's Seventh Symphony, which he produced during the Battle of um, the Siege of Leningrad, that orchestra like played starving and dying. There were only like 13, you know, original orchestra members, and like they went door to door trying to get um, 
people who knew how to play music to play this music during like one of the worst, bloodiest, violent times in human history. So, you know, if they're able to pull that off, I feel like, you know, you can find inspiration in that. <laughs> and your name? Joe DeGeorge. Oh, I've already talked to you. Where is she? There she is. Trick. <laughs> so I'm a bad decision maker. They faked me out. A pass. Okay, that's fine. All right, guys, thank you very much for spending some time with me tonight. Oops. I, when you are on the road fighting the good fight, night after night, self-care is very important. So the last question I thought I'd ask is I'd go around in the circle. When you guys, uh, self-care is important. So what's the one thing that you do for yourself and yourself only? So I'll go back around in the circle. Um, I'm pretty, I've been pretty bad at this, but I've been trying to get better this tour. It sounds kind of corny, but I got, I got an app called Calm. That's like a guided meditation thing. And it's like, they're like 15 minute guided meditation segments. It's a very easy thing to just like in the van, like put in earphones and just like completely zone out from what's what's happening around. So that's something I've been trying to like make myself do because historically I'm very, very bad at uh, any kind of self care. So yeah. I'm Joey DeFrancesco. <laughs> Uh, guys, when there are a lot of voices on a podcast, it's really hard to keep track of I what's know, happening. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just oh. laughing at us saying our names. Yeah, this, this is uh, Joe George, and you know, I think you know talking to people I love and care about is uh, really helps me. So. so name one person that you'd love to call right now. Paul DeGeorge. Whoa. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, I like to like go on little walks by myself or like eat by myself or sit and read or something like that. Well, one thing that I picked up on this tour, which was a tip from all these these four members here, is uh, no matter where you are, if you're feeling some sense of anxiety or uh, having having an overwhelming moment, just to take a, a small walk, like a simple walk around the block. And I've done that a couple times this tour, and it's been extremely helpful. Because I mean, I've, I've been on, I've, I've been doing tours for 12, 13 years now, and I've never really focused on self-care very much. And so I think this this one's different. Just just the small things to make yourself feel calm is very important. Nice and. My name is Mary, and I'm going to echo the importance of a solo walk every day. Yeah, we learned it from Guy Pichotto. That's solid advice. Guys, thanks once again for being on my show. The last song I play is the choice of the band, so I'd love you guys to pick a track from the new record, Cost of Living, and I will play it. I'll pick this one. This is Joey, the drummer. I love to play this song. I'm enough. Is it titled "I'm enough" on the record, though, or "I want more"? I'm enough. I'm enough. I want print. I'm enough. Parentheses. I want more. End parentheses. I'm enough. I want more. This song is about the oversized and unreasonable expectations put on specifically, I think, artists of color to represent so many things and to kind of push back on that element and say I'm enough with what I'm doing but also always striving. Guys, thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you. I'm enough!
back from down down boys <laughs> and you're listening to the interview show with scott wood scott wood yeah scott wood Great. thank you very much can i get one of you guys to do it <laughs> damn you do it scott wood yes this is joey DeFrancesco from downtown boys and you're listening to the interview show with scott wood <laughs> 